Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of the movement maestro. But first, we have a message from Dr. Kelly Sturette. For your listeners, we have created it's the readystate.com slash Kokoro Movement. We've got we've got something for you. You know, we have if you just want a two-week on-ramp crash course, full access to everything, we'll give that to you for two weeks. Come come see how we're solving the problems. Take steal what you like, you know, leave the rest behind, you know, keep speaking your own movement language. All right, my friends, there you have it. Please take advantage of that two-week offer from the readystate.com. I'm just gonna jump into this conversation. Shante Cofield coming in hot. It's a, you know, depending on the day. Um, Yeah, it's a, God, what a weird time to be alive, right? The last time we spoke, there was like a fire encroaching on your house. Like things are still on fire. And since then, (laughs) shit has gotten so crazy. It's like, (laughs) we just like switched riders and these riders are like really lazy. You know what I mean? They're just like, um, murder. And we're just exactly. like, Murder you and then like all of this, you know, like the, the virus, it's all been like a perfect storm. And then, you know, like all of the, the racial stuff going on yeah. and kind of this like awakening. And then, you know, all of this during like a presidential election uh-huh. where like Kanye West is like, I'm going Dude. for president. And you're like, really, bro? Yeah. Wait, what just that's, happened? What? That's the best we got. Like, it was like, wait, <laughs> wait. I was waiting for something in July and here it is. Kanye. <laughs> I know. Kanye and happened. Let's, let's be honest. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You can screw it up just as good as anybody else because mm-hmm. that's literally an impossible job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. So I don't know. But, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink, and they were both like, let's get The Rock in there. I'm like, dude, whatever. You know, that's, I'm not going to lie. And maybe it sounds bad for me saying that, but like, I'm like, if we're, because our country's so obsessed with celebrity, like that's like, it it just loves it. And I'm like, if if this is what's going to happen, we're going to trend towards this nonsense. Let's bring in The Rock. I totally agree. (laughs) Totally. Well, I mean, at least he's (laughs) articulate and he has compassion. You know what I mean? I'm I'm totally, I'm like. Just bring in the rock then. Yeah. Bring the rock, bring in Kevin yeah. Hart with him, and I think we'd be good. Like, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> at least like the press conferences would be entertaining. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, like, I'll, I'll watch now. Yeah, we need, yeah, we need something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so um, Arizona opened on May 15th, and mm. me and the guy that I run this gym with, which is where my massage office is also, we're like, I don't know, seems sketchy. And so we opened on June 1st and then we were open for like literally three weeks and then it shuts down again. And so we're just like, because, you know, the first initial 
kind of coronavirus outbreak was all off of the reservation. And so all of those people were coming to Flagstaff for treatment. And so majority of our cases were from, were in Flagstaff. And so Phoenix didn't believe that this was even a thing at all. Mm -hmm. So then they're just like, Memorial Day, I can't possibly spend Memorial Day in Phoenix. I have to go to Flagstaff. (laughs) (laughs) And then July 4th, it's just so crazy. And so then they all come up here and shit gets crazy. And you're just like, so now what? You guys are... It's and it's a thing. And so, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on is because I feel like, like, there's like these times where I'm sitting there contemplating my life and I'm like, did I prepare for this? (laughs) You know, because like massage therapy is like really super cyclical. It's up and down and, you know, just bent depending on where Mm -hmm. people's lives are going. And I decided, you know, well, I'm going to start personal training. Mm-hmm. to supplement my business. So I got enough clients to where like my baseline bills were covered through personal training. And then like massage therapy was like icing on the cake. Yeah. And then this virus hits, all of my training clients go online and I'm just like, was this on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, setting yourself up, man. Yeah. And then, so like speaking on, like you have been, um, you know, like the, we've talked about this before, just the courage of being like, you know what? I don't like physical therapy. Yeah. I'm just doing this thing. <laughs> and yep. then here we are like a couple of years later and you're just like, Oh, look at yeah. me with yeah, this fine. digital space <laughs> knowledge. Let's I'm talk doing, about it. I'm doing just fine. I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head there in that you made it so that you were in control of your income, your safety. And that's really what's been a big thing for me was never feeling fully safe working for someone else. Like, yes, there's the issue of like, maybe I don't like their style. I don't like, you know, how they treat, whatever. But being so dependent on somebody else was always very scary to me. So when I was still treating and living in New York City, Sandy hit. And Sandy hit New York City very hard. Um, you know, New York is remarkable. If, if bad shit's going to happen, New York is the place for it to happen because that is a resilient ass place. Right? So Sandy hit and things had to close and they didn't close for that long. But when they were closed, my boss, she made us come in and we, we didn't have any patience, but I had to like figure out how to get into the city and then we weren't treating. And then it basically became, okay, well, your time off is coming out of your you know, leave. And I was like, wait, what? Like get out of your vacation days. And I was like, what, what What do you mean? Like, this was a natural disaster. I had nothing to do with this. Like, and feeling, and I get it. Cause she's running a business. I understand, you know, you're running a business. Patients can't come in trying to pay. I get it. But I did not like that feeling. And I was like, I need more control of this. I need more control of my safety. Um, and so, you know, you fast forward, I started working with rock tape and that was a huge step towards, gaining control of my safety in terms of like my, my finances and my income, but you are still, I was still dependent on this company to, you know, set up gigs. And like, as we move forward, I was able to set up my own gigs. Um, so I had enough of a following, but still dependent on them to set things up and uh, you know, getting paid and waiting to get paid and like that. And it's a phenomenal company. Like rock tape is the bomb, but again, that, that feeling within me. And like you said it earlier, you know, where you're just like, I don't, feel safe with it, not in my control. Uh, so that was really when I started 
you know, moving into the digital space. I had started before, before I got really interactive, I'd started just dabbling in the digital space and, you know, just doing stuff on social media and didn't know where it would go. Um, but then started working for myself and was just like, all right, this is the thing. And just, you know, it started becomes a background thing, but that's still better than nothing. Uh, and then it just became, you know, more and more and more me figuring out ways to be like, I need to know that I am in control of especially my income. And you hit the nail on the head. And it's, I think it's a, a risk that we take because it's more calculated. When you work in a field like something like massage therapy, or, you know, you're working with people, your income is subject to, it ebbs and flows, but you still have more control over that because you're like, you know what, I can go and just try and market to more people. I can go and try and put on a workshop. You have options to do things. You're not just kind of shackled there, but you're like, you know, getting a salary and you're like, well, this is it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Beth Godin says it, playing it safe is risky. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've seen Corona came and, you know, I, I, everything that's happened has been, uh, I don't say, I don't say it in a bad way, but it's been very good for a business where, you know, I love the digital space. It's brought other people into the digital space and clientele. It's brought basically everyone into the digital space and they start to see the value of it. Uh, and now when things move as, as they move forward, it just gives people more options. I, yeah. will, I would never say that digital is going to replace in-person, nor do I want it, want it to. I just want people to have options. If they want to go to some place and do it in person because that's dope, awesome. Yeah. If, they ha if having the flexibility to do it online is better for them, awesome. And this way you get both, you know, both sides from the provider where people, some people love being in clinic. Amazing. You get to keep doing that. You will get to keep doing that at some point. Yeah. Uh, you love being online. Cool. Then you get to do that. So I think it really just all kind of circles back to just wanting to create my own safety. Right. And so that's uh, really interesting that you say that because, you know, right at the beginning of this thing, um, you know, there's this uh, clothing company called 30 Seconds Out and they have a t-shirt that says, nobody's coming. It's up to us. Yes. And right at the very beginning, I was like, oh. This is gnarly. Like our government is going to fucking fail us. Oh. And so then I started to realize like we need leadership within our industry. And immediately I had a bunch of my massage therapist friends that I went to school with calling me, what do I do? And I'm like, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean? And it's really weird because I have, you know, there's stuff. Um, so I'm more as you know, like a clinical massage therapist. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of muscle testing, uh, clinical neurodynamics, all that kind of thing. So based off of patterns that I've seen in my practice, I can do telehealth sessions with people. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. so I let out, I, you know, I made this two hour webinar and I put it out for sale for like 40 bucks to all the massage therapists out there. And I'm like, this is how you do telehealth webinars. This is how you release the tissues. This is how you coach releasing of the tissues. These mm -hmm. are the normal tissues that I see that you need to pay attention to based off of the pain symptoms that they're presenting with. And nobody it. bought it. And You're I'm kidding like, me. No. And I'm like, okay, so you just, what? so you just wait what? when this gets back to normal. Are no. you kidding me? <laughs> no. And so in my, you know, and this is another thing that I wanted to talk to you about also, but it might be my marketing for sure. But it's also like, Hey, you guys want to work. Here's how you do it. Yeah. And everybody's like, nah, it'll get back yeah. to normal. And you're like, no, I don't think so. And so it's oh. just, it's super weird. Like trying to figure out what people need and then 
how to get them going like in that direction. You know what I mean? So, so, Oh man. And it's like one of those things where, um, so the other thing I wanted to bring up is like you said, working for somebody else. So I was talking Mm -hmm. to, I had one massage therapist specifically calling me all the time. What do I do? How do I do this? And recently she's, she said, well, I feel a lot of anxiety going back to this, um, massage studio that I work at. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, then start your own thing. Done. Yeah. There's and a then I, yeah. So then I asked her like, how do you, like, how much do you get paid? She's like 35 bucks an hour. And I'm like, how much do they charge for massages? And she's like 80. And I'm like, so they're taking over 50% for, for all the work you're doing. So you could literally start your own thing, work half the time and make the same amount of money. Why aren't you doing that? Like, what did she say? She's like, no, I get it. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Because it <laughs> yeah. can go either way there. It could be, it could go either way. Okay. Because, but that's like a, a lot of massage therapists, PTs, chiros, mm-hmm. it's easy to get out of school and go work for somebody because yes. then there's that steady income. Yes. But it's better in the long run to eat that shit at first and then move your way up to where you're just doing your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. Like, I think part of it and kind of tying into the first question of like, you know, well, how do you get that out there? And, you know, some people just don't want it and that's okay. It's actually really helpful for people like you and me. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you want to succeed? Just keep going. Right. Because people don't do it. That's literally it. You want to succeed? Start and keep going because people start things, but they very rarely keep going. A podcast is a perfect example. How many people have started a podcast? Just so many people. Everyone starts a podcast. Very few people keep a podcast going. Right. Because it's like, oh, it's fun initially. So I think that, you know, speaking to physical therapy, because that's my my wheelhouse, if you will, I think that it attracts a demographic that likes some of that safety, that inherently kind of built-in pseudo-safety. I'm going to call it definitely pseudo-safety of a, a steady paycheck. Some flexibility with your hours, um, and you get to stay active and kind of work with people in the you know, capacity you thought you wanted to, even though sometimes your people, most people are like, it's not what I thought it would be. But I think, that, I think that's why people go into it. I don't think that it inherently attracts the entrepreneurial type, but hopefully what Rona is showing people now is the necessity to have that or the need to have that ability to, to pivot and not just sit back and wait. Because like you said, no one's coming to save you. It is up to you. And it, it, some people are not set up for that. It will definitely be harder for some people. But the ones, and that's why you know, I asked what she said when you uh, responded, when you basically laid it out for her, because some people would just be like, ah, it's too hard. And I, I respect that. Totally. Yeah. I totally respect that. My concern is that, just like you said, no one's coming to save you. Right. And you have to start weighing that out. And then it becomes a matter of, okay, let's just figure out where you're at then. If you're like, you know what? I, the marketing side sounds terrifying. Managing this sounds terrifying. All right. Could you link up with somebody? Could you work with somebody? Because not everyone is, you know, a boss or a leader in that capacity. And that's fine. We need employees. We need people to work with people and for other people. We need it. So if that's where you, you feel that you are, nothing wrong with that. But then start thinking, well, what can I do? 
what do I bring to the table that I could create the situation that I'm, I, I get to do the things I want to do, but I'm contributing in a way that, you know, the other person also benefits and they're doing the things that they like doing, which matches the things I don't like doing right. and then go from there. So yeah. you've hit the nail on the head, man. And so I keep comparing, I keep comparing this whole entire situation to jujitsu. Right. Oh, okay. And so okay. like, you know, it's like, I had a friend of mine who called me up one day and he's like, Hey, I need to practice takedowns. And I'm like, okay, okay when's your tournament? He's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, that's not going to work, bro. Like, <laughs> like, he's like, well, what if, what if they take me down? And I'm like, okay. And yeah. then they're like, well, what if they arm bar me? And I'm like, you're going to get choked, man. <laughs> because you're focusing on all the stupid shit that's not happening. Like, you haven't even weighed in yet. I love so you're like, going to so, choke, man. And so, like, right at the beginning of this pandemic, it was like literally day to day where you're just like, okay, what's happening now? That's it. That's okay, it. Okay, what's happening now? And so that's it. The other part of the jujitsu thing is like, if you see a submission and you go for it and it doesn't work, you can't just see there, sit there and be like, oh shit. Uh huh. You have to like be like, okay, well, trying the next thing. That's you it. You know what I mean? And so that's like, so that's you know, when I uh, got a hold of you at the beginning of the year and I was like asking you all these questions about landing pages and all this shit and it just turned out that I was selling a fitness program and you're like why didn't you sell it on your website I'm like fuck I don't know <laughs> guess I better do that way Thinking easier than whatever bars. the fuck I was trying to do <laughs> I did get arm I was focusing on the choke and so <laughs> and so you know um so you know that that fitness program didn't work I put a lot of effort into it it was really um, disappointing, but then you move on because shit doesn't work a lot. That's it, man. And shit works a lot less. You know yeah. what I mean? That's so it. you just have to, you know, it's, it's the, going back That's to the it. podcast thing. Cause you brought up the podcast thing. Like people will give up because they're like, how come I don't have 10 million listeners like <laughs> Joe Rogan? And I'm like, cause you're not fucking Joe Rogan. That's it. That's a very and, simple answer. <laughs> and he's been doing it for a decade. How long have you been doing it? You know what I mean? Two episodes. Okay, <laughs> well. Okay, well, people aren't just going to be like, oh, shit, let's listen to this guy. Everything it's he has true, to say. man. That inner resilience, resiliency that you have is, it's, I, I hesitate to use the word rare, but I think that it is rare. I think that people need a lot of external validation. And I don't say that in a pejorative way or, you know, in a negative way. But I think that people don't realize that when you're starting something, especially business, you got to be your own. It's, it's a class to life, any sport as well. But, you know, if we're talking about business, you have to be your own best cheerleader. You have yeah. to bring the hype. You have to bring the noise. You have to bring the excitement to it. You have to bring the support to it. Because if you don't believe in it, no one else, you know, why should anybody else? And then when things, you know, they don't do so well, all right, you take that, you learn from it, and you keep going. If you're waiting for somebody else to pick you up, you know, Jesse said it in the beginning, nobody's coming to save you. You can be <laughs> waiting for a long time. You're like, hey, someone come cheer me up about this. Like, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not easy. I say it. I, I don't want it to be like, Oh, it's so easy. It's simple. It's not easy, but this is, you know, how you I think that, you know, I love that you relate it to jujitsu because you know, my background is not jujitsu, my background is soccer, but anytime yeah. that someone's done, played a sport, any capacity, they get it. And yeah. that's, that's why we like working with, you know, athletes. Uh, that's why we like, you know, doing business with athletes and, and coaching athletes because they get it. They understand that, they have to put in the work. The coach doesn't win the game for them. The fans don't win the game for them. The fans don't win the match for them. Right. They got to do it. And they right. have to be present in that moment 
and how are they reacting to the things that are changing? Like, is it that person that, uh, you know, something bad happens and then they think that they're personally a failure? That at, we already see that those athletes, they don't do as well. The, the athletes that like take on shame mm-hmm. um, when something bad happens or they, they did a bad pass and they're like, think that like their life is over and they're a bad person as opposed to that athlete that's like, yeah, I messed up, but like, I'm going to do better next time. And we're on. I right. go raw. It's, well, can, there's a phrase around it. that, right? It's shoot your shot. That's it. Like, you just, if you have it, shoot it. That's it. If it misses, fuck it, try it again. Try it again. So it's uh, so this is like, so this whole entire situation from beginning to where it is right now is just bringing a microphone or a, a magnifying glass onto everything that's broken and weird. You yep. know what I mean? So like, yes, there's all these people that are out there in the yes. world that have never like. I think being an athlete's really beneficial because yeah. it's hard. You have to bust your ass. Like, and you know, like that's one of the benefits of like CrossFit. That's one of the benefits mm-hmm. of like having like my cage fight. Like shit sucks sometimes. And yeah. you know, now we just have these people throwing like literal conniption fits and will literally fight you over wearing a mask for 20 minutes in a store. And you're Jesse. like, this is too hard. And you're like, no. Jesse, my <laughs> God, the things. So my theory with stuff like this, and I, I think we can liken it and tie it into to athletics and such. My theory is that the people that are so anti the mask and this, those people have very, or feel that they have very little control in their life. Yeah. And so they're like, this is the way that I will exert my control and have this sense of control. Those are the same people that don't let you merge in traffic. They're like, I will show you control. And you're just like, I have power. And you're like, really? And so they, they I'm going to call it a trivial thing, not because a mask is trivial in and of itself and, and what we're, we're scientists, you know, saying it can do, but because in the grand scheme of it's like, there's so many bigger things to be worrying about. It's like putting a fucking mask and, and go on with your day. Like you have caused so much turmoil, turmoil in your life for this little thing. Like put it on and go about, worry about the bigger problems. But you know, I think when you feel like you don't have any sense of control, maybe these are the people that, that don't have control at their jobs. Maybe they hate their, their marriages. They are in that situation where it's like, you know, they played it safe. And so they're dependent on their company for income. Like they just, for whatever reason, lacking that control in their life. And they're like, this is how I'm going to exert and, you know, show my power. Whereas if you think about it with those athletes that are like, you know, they're secure in their shit. They feel they have control over situations. Like they don't lash out. They don't have these, like you said, these conniptions over this dumb little shit. Cause you're like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay, bro. <laughs> like you'll be fine. Just 20 minutes. 20 minutes, man. And like, like, you know, and that's the biggest thing about grocery stores for me. I'm a freaking tornado. I hate grocery stores. <laughs> I will get what I need and then leave. I can't yeah. stand the people that are just staring at stuff. Yeah, like, like, do what? you, do What's you happening? really not know what vegetable you need? Like, come Look on. This, man. Look at this. What, what's right. happening? And so me and uh, DJ Murakami have had this conversation multiple times, but I think that people need discomfort in order to be comfortable. Yeah. And so people that are athletes create that discomfort, mm-hmm. right? So like yeah. the other yeah. day, last Thursday, I climbed the biggest mountain in Arizona And I was not prepared and it was terrible and everything hurt and everything sucked. 
And I complained the whole time. And it took us eight and a half hours to do it, but I did it. That's amazing. That was my crucible for the year. You know what I mean? And so like from here on out, nothing's going to be that hard. That's it. Well, maybe. I don't know. Fucking... At this point, don't like put a, that out there. If, if alien invade right now, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Like, you know, <laughs> but uh, so these people, I think, like there was that lady in Target the other day that had a $40,000 watch on. Like, she has no discomfort. And yeah. so she has to create it. Yeah. And that's how You're people right. do it, you know? Right. And so it's just, they are aiming at all this weird shit to be mad about yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, and it's Is just it, the, like, and the toilet paper thing, dude. man. And you know, like this whole thing, like I keep forgetting, I haven't like talked to you this year, which is <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, when this whole thing started, like right before lockdown, I went to Sam's club and I was like buying all the stuff I need, you know, like veggies and meat, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and everybody was like, you know, you can tell people have never, felt any discomfort because they are buying toilet paper like you've never thought of a survival situation in your life looking at their carts and i was like you're gonna die (laughs) but there was a guy there was a guy that had four things of like four essentially cases of paper towels in his cart and this little survivalistic animalistic instinct to me was like okay i'm bigger than you i'm stronger than you mm-hmm. and i take these paper towels do you understand how this works <laughs> but then i was like oh no i'm a responsible adult and i have plenty so i'm just <laughs> gonna go home with my meat and my veggies <laughs> it's just true like, oh my it's god it's so true just looking i remember going in the grocery store and just being like this is what one this is what you choose to you're focusing on and two if you do survive you're going to have diabetes. I'm like watching just from where people are eating. I'm like, what is happening? This makes no yeah. sense at all. But I love that, that, that concept that you brought up that people need discomfort. And so they create it. You know, you just hope that, I think this is where we see, I don't know, athletes, better people. That sounds bad to say, but creating discomfort that doesn't make other people uncomfortable. Like create right. your own discomfort. Yeah. And like, that's why we do, that's why we go and do CrossFit. That's why we go and climb mountains because it creates that physical, internal, inner discomfort and it doesn't affect anybody else. I'm not, I'm not you know, you're not peeing in the pool. You're not smoking outside and letting smoke it to everybody else. Doesn't affect nobody else. Just <laughs> yeah, you. Man. And you it's got funny. people in these stores and it's like, you're affecting other people. And it's Stop funny because it. I was having this thought the other day because, you know, we don't have anything else to do, let's be honest. So you're just <laughs> sitting with yourself at your house, which is terrible for people too, right? So I was thinking about how, like, ex- expounding on that idea, like people go to this place of discomfort, like a CrossFit gym. And mm-hmm. I don't teach CrossFit anymore, but I remember this very distinctly, where they try to make their discomfort more comfortable. It's too hot. Yeah. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. Turn on you're the heater. We need to turn you're the up. music up. This isn't the right music. And you're just like... If you need to turn the music up, those are actually the thoughts that you need to pay attention to because that's your internal narrative. And when it gets difficult, you just turn it up to like a level 10. That's, that's how you talk to yourself normally. So you should probably pay attention to that. Yeah. And that's why you're giving up and quitting on shit. You're totally right. You're totally, totally, totally right. I mean, the comforts that we have that, you know, that are amazing and I'm so grateful for that we have these things that are also the things that 
are working against us and can work against us. We're not aware. I think awareness is always a, awareness and choice. So it's like, are you aware of what you're in, what you're doing, the, like the things that you're doing? And then have you created the ability to have the choice to, to choose? Yeah, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go that way. Like, hey, I realize that, you know, turning the AC on is why am I doing this? All right. I have the choice now. Do I keep it on? Do I turn it off? And, you know, maybe today you keep it on because you're feeling some kind of way, but then tomorrow you don't or vice right. versa. And having that age, that agency, that choice, it's not, I think people, we just kind of like have these things. And I think across the board, we've just, people need to be better critical thinkers and right. just take a moment and be like, why am I doing this? What's the intent? What's the outcome? Where's the choice? Is this reactionary or is this a response? Like, I love that Rona has forced people to slow down. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's largely why we're seeing such a response to, you know, all the, the racial issues and tensions and stuff that's going on right now is because people had a time to slow down. Like they didn't like, have, they couldn't be doing anything, anything else. They couldn't just turn the volume up. They couldn't. You know, right. like, I'm stuck here. I got right. the volume. The volume button is broken. The AC right. is broken. I have right. to sit in this. Right. And so that was, <laughs> so that was actually the most difficult part for me. Uh, during this whole pandemic is when you know the the rioting and all the protests and all this this like like i said before this magnifying glass on all this uh these just i can't like i sent you a message on instagram where i was just like this is fucked yeah. like the fact that like somebody would look at you or mm -hmm. you know jennifer hutton and think of anything else yeah. other than the person that they are just gets me so fucking mad and i'm just like what yeah are you talking about like just because of the color of their skin yeah. you uneducated Wild. piece of shit <laughs> like you know it's like i am white because my family is from scotland and there's cloud cover constantly <laughs> and we are starving for vitamin d all the time like that's it's the it's the melanin in your skin that's the only difference we never saw the sun and and that's why that's one of the reasons why that hike up that mountain was so bad for me is because i just catch on fire if i'm in the sun you know what i mean and just like like just the and but the uh my point about all that is before I got on the ramp of my Scottish heritage is um, the everything that I was doing just immediately became less important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like yeah. one of those things where you feel so helpless. Yeah. Where you're just like, God damn. And so, you know, like there's, and then, so, you know, George Floyd starts off this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, cops keep murdering people. Yeah. And you're like, how about what? you what? fucking stop doing That's that? It. How about we like, don't do that? Right. It's and then, and then, like, so there's a, a kickboxer named Joe Schilling who, ever since this started, just posted every single police brutality video that he could find. Wow. And then I'm just looking at it, and I'm watching these, and I'm like, who gives a shit about joint mobility right now? Yeah, no, like, I, I hear why? you am I trying to post every day? Mm -hmm. Like, is this even important? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so that I'm still like struggling with that. 
So now that it's kind of calmed down, I'm still just like, does this really matter when our president is going back to trying to take away like gay rights? Yeah. Like what what are we doing? I totally. And it's like, I, I, to me, I love that people are simply thinking about things because the situation is enormous and we will not see resolution of these things in our lifetime. It's not going to happen. It's just, it's too big. It's too much. It's too deep. And I'm okay that we won't because the fact, I think that if we, I think that if we are not okay with that and to some degree, then some people may not even take action because they're like, well, it's not going to change. Like, ah, like I'm watching even do it. It's too big. when it's kind of like, no, it's a huge mountain and we should still look to take steps forward and, and do what we can. And to me, what I'm seeing is trying to figure out how does what I currently do and what, I, what resonates with me, how does that fit into what's going on? How have I contributed to things? How have I benefited from things? You know, what, how can what I do look to dismantle things? Uh, and I think it's going to be, it's different for everyone, you know, whether it's that we're working to have more diverse, you know, people on myself included, the more diverse people, more diverse, uh, people on my podcast, uh, more diverse ideas coming onto my podcast. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be that, you know, I'm not talking about the same things at all as before, because I think that one of the issues we need to be looking at as well is this idea of supremacy culture. And I'm not talking about white supremacy. I, I strategically specifically dropped white from the, the beginning because to me, the, the, the big or a very big issue overlying all of this is supremacy culture, where it looks to divide. It looks to have you say either or. It looks to create hierarchies. Uh, yes, traditionally have white people benefited the most from it? Yes. But I think when you just say only white supremacy, then you run the risk of just people trying to just flip the model and be like, well, just put those who didn't have a voice in power. And that's a problem as well, because it still creates these hierarchies of things. Yeah. So to me, it's a matter of like, it's not either or. So I just love that people are thinking about it. And they're like, is what I'm doing is what I'm talking about? Is it important? Like, you know what, to somebody it is, to somebody with knee pain, what you talk about is important. And so I think that it's a matter of just taking time with ourselves and being like, okay, what is important? How do I mix, bring this message and this stuff that's important into whatever I do every day, you know, and moving forward and, and learning and growing. And, and like you said earlier about when you're, when you're, when you're, um, you know, doing jujitsu, when you're doing anything, when you're just like constantly pivoting and learning and you're like, okay, what am I, what's in the moment right now? What's in the moment right now? What's in the moment right, right now? And taking what I've learned from the moments before uh, and moving forward. Yeah. That's uh... a, <clears throat> So that's the thing is everybody's like you alluded to was, is either this way or that way. Everybody's Mm -hmm. so divided. Then there's couldn't be, there's, everything is so gray. Like when somebody's like, why do I have knee pain? I don't know. (laughs) Like, why does my back hurt? It could be a million things and it could like, it could be. So then, well, how do we fix this? I have no idea. Yeah. Like yeah. what we're doing right now isn't working because now we're like mm-hmm. talking about defunding the police. Like, so, you know, I heard uh, Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink talking about it and it made it a lot of sense to me. And it made me think that, um, and then one of my clients is a detention officer at the local sheriff's office here. And she said, I get 80 hours 
of defensive tactics a year. And cops get less than that. Hmm. And so then there's that saying, you fall to the basic level yeah, of your training. And so I trained over a thousand hours a year for three years mm -hmm. to get my ass kicked in a cage fight, which is a controlled environment with a referee and rules. Yeah. They get like 40 hours a year and like, and there's you, it's like a, a, a nine week induction process. So it's yep. really not that difficult. So anybody can do it. It doesn't, it's not incredibly difficult. So weak minded people are able to get into mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, there's all these different things that I think need to happen and going from one extreme to the other extreme, it doesn't help anybody do anything. Yeah. It's just a different extreme. And so, you know, and now we're seeing the consequences of that where, you know, these places that have disbanded their police force, they're just shootings like crazy. And it's just like, you guys, we need to stop and think about things. Yeah. Which is no. what we've been talking about this whole time. That's it. I think that there's so much that needs to go into everything. And it's like that understanding of, I, you know, what I think has been really interesting with this idea of uh, defunding the police is that I think I see the same issue that came up with, um, essential workers mm -hmm. the word is too is kind of nebulous and we don't we're not saying what what is wanted some people want to abolish the police that's right. a different that's a different word that word we know what that means i think when we're talking about defunding the police to me that makes sense to me if we're trying to allocate funds towards other other resources right. it still keeps them in place but like then understanding like you know jesse just went to a thousand hours of training every year like how do we uh, reappropriate funds so that one people because a part of things that, that we're looking at is that police officers shouldn't be responding to some of these circumstances that don't need them right like if there's so many of their calls and it's basically if we're wasting their time with calls that they can't handle that's a, that's a problem and if they've only been trained, and you said we default to the our, our lowest level of training, and you know what our what our reaction is going to be there, it's like, all right, how can we switch this so that if it is needed, there you know there the training is there for that, and then when these other circumstances that don't require this, that don't need to be escalated, you know what what can we do? I think that it's so everything is so systemic, so pervasive uh, that a single solution isn't going to be the answer. I like that the people are taking steps forward, but again, like you said, when it just becomes this all or nothing, we know that that's part of the problem. That's part of, that's part of supremacy culture is this either or mentality. It doesn't, yeah. it won't, it wouldn't have you subscribe to both because we can't divide you then if you're like, yeah, well it could be, it's both and not either or. Uh, right. So, you know, I think also you, you, you said it earlier in the show, like, the fact that it's an election year, politics is such trash. <laughs> the fact that we have a two-party system is just fucking crazy. Because then, and it's so broken. It's it's so broken. People then just latch onto these things because again, it's either or. You can't be anywhere in the middle, heaven forbid. And then people wanting to just feel like they belong to something. So as soon as you like are you say something about one part of of an argument, then the person feels attacked entirely. Or the flip flip side, they're going to attack you entirely on all these other other things that maybe you don't even really subscribe to, but you feel like oh, I got to kind of hold on to it because my party says it, and it's just like nobody's thinking. This is so broken. I know, well, so it's fucking like, broken. It's like a I call I've been calling it like a football team. Yeah. Like, why are you a friend of of 
the Seattle Seahawks. Well, my dad was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it. Like, <laughs> that was holding you know, me there? Okay. Yeah, and so, you know, we had some brilliant, we had some brilliant candidates. Like Tulsi Gabbard mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. That's who I was going to vote for. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm, she was mm-hmm. phenomenal and mm-hmm. she's articulate and, you know, she's a war veteran. And mm-hmm. like the second this pandemic happened, I would have been like, she would have made a decision. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And so but, like, oh. but then why isn't she in there? Well, yeah. so she just dismantled people in two different debates. And then they were like, oh, you're going to take these corporate handouts for your election. She's like, no, I'm going to get funded by the people. And they're like, cool, back to the line, <laughs> you know, and here's Joe Biden. And you're like, what the hell? That's like, the best. Wait, 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 what happened? What happened here? <laughs> I don't understand. And so, and then it just, oh, and Kanye West. And you're like, come on. Exactly. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, what happened? What what happened? (laughs) And so, and so now we're back in this situation where you're voting for the person that's less of an asshole, Mm -hmm. I guess. You know what I mean? And so, and you know, I think Trump held it together for like the first three years and now he's just letting it loose. He doesn't Mm -hmm. give a shit. He's just like, like, whatever and it's there's people that are still backing him even after this that's like, it bully public just blatant disregard for americans that's it's it. just really that's it and people feel this like well i you know i think that it's very tough for people to change whether it is them is an internal thing because it feels unsafe or because the environment around them where people point, you know, are like, hey, but you did say that something else before. Either way, it's very difficult for people to go back and say I was wrong or I, have, I now have more information and I'm going to say something else. Like we're seeing it with the CDC, right? Changing what they're, you know, what they're recommending. And instead of people just being like, okay, there's more information now, we're going to do this people just focus on the fact that they change. And it's like, nothing is absolute. Science is not absolute. We know this. I, I, I think the general public doesn't know that actually. Right. Which but is really like, weird because like the basic knowledge for us. It's exactly. I'm like, but what do you mean you don't know about this? I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they're just like, how dare they? I'm like, just look at the fucking weatherman. It's never right. This, never. What? Come on. Like all we can do is work with the information that we have now and then be willing and be okay and be accommodating and create an environment that is conducive to growth. I think that we don't do that, do the best job of that. And part of it's our own shit, right? Where we're just like, don't want to, we're embarrassed to be like, I was wrong or like, I've changed my mind on this. But we see that now where people just holding on to these things just for the sake of holding on to them. I, I read a quote once and it was something along the lines of never continue to make a mistake or hold on to a mistake because of how long it took you to make it. And it's like, it's okay. Yeah. You did this thing for a long time. Like, it's all right. Like you got to move forward. We have new information and you tried and you're not a bad person. Right. Now you move forward. Right. And so like the, I took um, the clinical neurodynamics with Michael Shacklock Mm -hmm. uh, back in November. And he's like proof of everything that you're saying. So basically his job is to teach, but his job is to also do research like mm-hmm. constantly because it's an ever changing environment. And so when you like, and you know, I read his book ahead of time, so I wouldn't get lost in the mm-hmm. nomenclature and 
be able to pay attention during class. But when somebody would ask him a question and he would just start going off, you're like, oh, I don't know shit <laughs> about anything. Like that guy yes. just answered a question and I was immediately like, what? <laughs> like, and he's still researching and still learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. like this new virus, this new and novel virus that nobody knows shit about and people are just astounded that information yeah. is changing. You're like, yeah, like, we're you've learning. Watched too many episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Like this is not actually how medicine works. It's not like, oh, and then these very attractive doctors figured it out and now everybody's fixed and they called Dr. House in and like now we know what to do. Like that would be great. Right. But you know, well, that's just, not how it works. Oh my God. And then there's like the vaccine thing where everybody's like anti-vaxxers and then people that are pro-vaxxers and then people that are just pushing it because they want their lives to get back to normal. I'm like, no, 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 no this no. is going to take time <laughs> and we want them to do it right. And we want it to be correct. And people so they're, blows my mind. I know. And it's, so this is like the part where, you know, I go narrow and I focus on my stuff and mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do and what I'm mm -hmm. trying to accomplish. And then I go wide and then I get like super anxious and very yeah. depressed. And then yeah. I come back and it's just like this, like, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about people being in control. You're not in control of shit. That's it. And like, so me and my, uh, the guy that I run this gym with, like, w that's incredibly prevalent because mm -hmm. we're like, okay, so America in all of its petulance is sad about not day drinking so they want to yeah. open immediately so you know arizona's like okay we're opening on the 15th but i can also exercise my right as an american to not open on the yeah. 15th and then we settle back into this new routine we open our gym and then it closes again and then now we're mm -hmm. back like ah shit now mm -hmm. what and then so that goes back to what i wanted to talk to you about with this like digital space because now you know because then it's just like this Corona is just kicking you in the ass being like, Hey, go do this. And you're just like, oh, fine. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. well, now I need to coach people online and now I need to start making movement videos so that they know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. when I subscribe these movements. But this is something I should have been doing for the last year and a half. And I'm just blowing it off because I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. there now and you have to do it and it's That's forcing it. you to. And, so, and if you don't do it, then you're just going to fall further and further behind. I think one of the cool things to think about, I actually wrote this to my mafia the other day, is that like people like you and me, Jesse, like we've been in this. And so let's say you compare your journey or a journey to my journey. I started doing these things five years ago. To us, it may seem that someone who's starting now is behind. But if we realize the fact that the majority of, you know, let's go with Americans or people in the world didn't really understand and still don't, fully understand the value of digital and virtual, you're not behind. You just got to get started now. Right. Like people, I think there's people that are like, ah, oh, I'm just, I missed it. And I'm like, no, you haven't. People, I have people writing to me and they're like, I just did my second Zoom meeting. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like it, Rona alone just, you know, skyrocketed the price of Zoom. And you just did your second one? Like, and that's amazing. They're even doing it. But, you know, my point being that, Yes, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And we're, you're not, you know, if you guys, people listening to this, you're just doing it now, you're not behind. Uh, one of the things that we're going to see, like, I hate that phrase, 
new normal. It just, it implies so much um, subconsciously that perhaps people don't read, just because people don't think about. Um, there's no such thing, you know, the new normal. It, it implies that like before was normal, which it wasn't. It makes us think like we had control before, which we didn't. That was a faint no. sense of control that everybody had. It was just that everything, things were running in a way that benefited people. So we're like, oh, I'm in control. No, you're not. You're, really, you're actually not. Yeah. So we're just all that we can do, like you said earlier with, with sports, is just live in the moment and be in the moment and then adjust accordingly. So with the digital space, I love it. So yeah, I'm really happy that about you know everyone kind of moving into that space. But if you want to be scary about scared about things, suppose the internet dies. Yeah. Suppose things get like I'm actually very uncomfortable with so I, I recently started using TikTok to make Instagram videos. I'm by no means trying to like grow a TikTok following. I don't like care about that. But the platform is really easy to use to create these really short, like punchy videos. There's talk about them banning TikTok. To me, that makes me very uncomfortable that the government can step in and start being like, no, you can't use this. You can't use this. You can't use this. I don't like that. I get people, people write to me since I started doing TikToks and all they do is they'll send me an article that says like that TikTok might be spying. And I'm just like, did you read this article? Number one. And number two, do you think you have privacy? You <laughs> do not. It's you all have, an illusion, man. It's, you have 17,000 microphones out. Like you people have an iPhone, they got an Apple watch, they got a Fitbit. I'm like, you are being tracked, traced, listened to every second. Yeah. Unless you're off, and I'm not saying it's right, right? I'm not trying to be like, oh, look, unless you're off the grid, you're on the grid. This feigned sense of control that people think they have. And now we're going to invite government to tell us, you can't use this kind of app. You can't use it on your phone. That's to me, that's actually quite scary. Even though we know we don't have control, but now it's like, oh, well, they're like really taking things away. Right. So, you know, all that I think we can do, and you're doing it, is. We live in that moment. We look and we focus on ourselves in a selfish way, in a you know, negative connotation, selfish way, but not in like, I'm only concerned about myself, but what, what can I actually control? Which is so little, uh, but I can control my attitude. I can control my effort. I can't yeah. control much around. I can't control that person's attitude and their effort, but I can control mine. And that's it. I can work on doing things so that I am more prepared for certain situations so that whether that's from a mindset perspective or a physical perspective, whatever. And then focus on that. And then, yeah, I think it is important to every now and then take, you know, step back and look at that thousand foot, you know, 30,000 foot view. And then usually we cry a little bit and you're like, maybe I should just <laughs> go back to this small one. Oh, and then focus on that. What, what can I control? My attitude and my effort, my understanding of things and focus on that. Yeah, I don't cry as much as eat pizza or cookies, you know, <laughs> it's been a bummer, which is, uh, you know, the uh, like, so then, you know, that goes back to that discomfort thing. Like one of the people need to go to the gym because that's where they go to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for people to work out at home Yeah, because you go home for the reason of relaxation. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's one thing that I've been struggling with. And also like, you know, I did CrossFit consistently for eight years and then went just fully into just how strong can I get? And then I got as strong as I thought I needed to be. And now like, um, I started running because oh. I suck at it. Jesse, it is big man's the moving. worst. Yeah. And so like, you know, I started out at a 
running intervals. And mm-hmm. so I could only manage like three, 400 meters with mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. much rest as I needed in between. And, you know, worked my way up to like three miles worth of intervals oh, and like, you know, and still just consistently doing it and just climbing up that mountain. Mm-hmm. The best way that I could describe my body type right now is cumbersome. So I want to be less cumbersome. <laughs> and so that's like my new goal, right? So like, I don't, like I accomplished all these things of like, you know, deadlifting 500 pounds and like doing all this Incredible. different stuff. And so it's like, well, now I'm doing this, my body does not want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. actually craving this new thing that I, it knows mm-hmm. I need. Mm-hmm. And so like, I forgot where I was going with that whole thing, but it's just like, just being able to understand this isn't working. What do I need to do? I need to do this. Okay. And then move towards that. And so just basically like the, one of the finer points that we've been kind of dancing around, but not really addressing is just asking questions. When I release these programs, okay, this is what people need. Okay. They're not responding. Why? What do I need to do that's different? What do I need to address? What do I need to fix? What isn't like, questions lead to answers that's it that's it and you know it's asking the questions it's who we're asking the questions to um you know marketing is such a fickle thing and part of what i do with um how i coach and how i work with people is like it's been very freeing uh is that i realize that it's not for everyone and not everyone like you just the story you just gave is phenomenal where you were like i put my body through this and then it was like, nope, don't want to do that. And then you subjected yourself to something else that was uncomfortable. You were willing to go into the, uncom- into the discomfort. For me, I am not willing to work with people who are not willing to go into the discomfort. Right. And I think, you know, I'm not here. I left the business of convincing a long time ago. You don't want to do that shit? Okay, don't do it. I don't know. Like, that's fine. Because there are so many. I, I think the media would have us. I think the media would have us believe otherwise, because again, supremacy culture, nice to keep things divided, you know. But if we think about, I want you to try, or you're listening, you folks listening, I would love for you to go to, to try and buy a kettlebell right now, or a dumbbell. Try yeah. and buy one. Yeah. You can't, right. everything's fucking sold out, which to me is amazing. It's sucky if you are the person needing it. Right. But this is amazing because it shows that there is a large demographic who is willing to get uncomfortable. I don't know if they're using it. Maybe they bought it and they didn't use it. I can't say. Yeah. But they did take the steps to do it. And that, to me, those are the things I try to really look at, especially when I do go to that macro view, is that there are a lot of people out there that want to do it. And the beautiful thing about everyone coming into the digital space is that it offers more connection, right? Yeah. I read something about, I don't remember who the quote was from, that basically like all advances that we've made have been what, what's at the heart of them is connection and like right. allowing people to connect in better ways. And so we, everyone's on digital, in the digital space now. Everyone's looking, we're just like trying to learn stuff, which means there's more eyes, which is phenomenal. And I truly believe that overall, we're headed in a great direction. It's very easy to focus on the negative stuff and you know, the downside of things. And I think the media just portray, portrays the shit out of it. We always talk about the number of people who have died from Corona. We never talk about the number of people that have made it and they're okay. Yeah. And then like, we don't talk about, we talk about like all the negative side, but we don't talk about the preventative aspect, the positive side. Like, Hey, if you exercise, you go outside, like you stay healthier, you have less likelihood of getting this or being you know, tremendously affected by this and dying. We don't really talk about that stuff. So the things that are really 
shoved down our throats is the negative side. It's going to be like, oh, there's people are, are disagreeing and like, yes, there are people that are super racist. There are people that are super fucking lazy, but I've traveled the country, I've traveled the world, I've traveled the country, and there are people that are remarkable in every single corner of this country. I've been to just about every state. I haven't been to Alaska. We'll see if I go there. Um, I do have friends that are there though. Yeah. Uh, and there's great people everywhere. The internet is one of the things that is remarkable and allowing us to connect. And I, you know, I encourage us to really like, look at this conversation we're having right now. Like right. two very seemingly, seemingly different humans connecting, great friendship. Like it exists, it's out there and it's far less rare than people would have us think. But people got to critically think and they got to take a step back and be like, is our things this bad? Are things, is everyone terrible? Am I terrible? Why do I have these values that I have? Why do I, why do I feel this way about this thing? Like I put a podcast episode up about it. Uh, change starts with me. And I put me right. in quotation marks. Cause I truly believe that if each person, if we sat down and we're like, why do I feel this way? And it just takes time, but asking the questions exactly what you said. And what, you know, that's what you were going down. Why do I feel this way? Why do I do these things? Have I made myself uncomfortable? You know, have I put myself into any kind of discomfort? Have I benefited from certain things? Like people, it's just so hard for people to do that because it almost like uh, they feel that it like destroys them. They're, especially if there's any kind of like, you know, they don't really know themselves. But if, if people, just circling back to what you said, start asking questions and asking questions of themselves, I think we'd be would be in a good way because I truly believe things are better than the media would have us have us believe. Right. And so, you know, going on to what you were talking about, about how connected we are, you know, like uh, one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because I was just starting my practice and there's people out there that had more information than me. And if I needed to know it, then other people need to know it too. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, I started you know, just that's a lesson in failure, right? Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Yes or no? Most people say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. other people that say no. And then you're like, mm, I'm sad for, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you move on to the next person. That's but it. then eventually, like I get to this point where, um, you know, I start inviting people back on just because we have amazing conversations mm-hmm. and I like talking to people yeah. about stuff, you know, that's and it. like one of the things that um, when I was on the Rock Tape podcast, Dr. John Campioni was like, hey, who is your favorite podcast? I'm like, oh, man, that's a loaded question yeah. because I love talking to so many people. And that's why I have them on all the yeah. time. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's uh, and then I wanted to uh, talk about the illusion of control again, because that's, you know, sometimes I go off on these rants and then I'm like, oh, shit, this is what I really <laughs> want to talk about. And so, you know, like, I was, you know, we keep bringing up Joe Rogan's podcast, but he had this podcast with um uh, Randall Carlson and um, Graham Hancock, and they were talking about the greater dryad, which is like this huge meteor that hit in like the upper Northwest of America and incinerated this glacier that had a glacial lake on top of it. And now there's substantial evidence that the floodwaters that came from that glacier and that glacial lake, like created like the landscape of America, like even down oh, in wow. like, Utah. Wow. And, and just basically destroyed like a majority of the human race minus like 20,000 people. And the only people that survived were, um, you know, the hunter gatherers Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it, they, there's also this Mm. theory that we've reached this 
this mm. technological peak before, but that meteor just crushed us. Mm. And so we like literally started all over because mm -hmm. we have like me and you were talking over the internet mm. in like a completely different state. And I'm going to just like edit it and upload it. And it's going to go to these yeah. different platforms yeah. automatically and all this different shit while there's still people that are out there hunting and gathering. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, right after yeah. I saw that or listened to that podcast, I was, saw this video of the, you know, like those doorbell cameras. Yep. Just had like a meteor just like, like oh my three God. in the morning. And I'm like, that's how we fucking die. You know, yeah. we're <laughs> to like oh. all of this stupid shit oh, all the time. Like, oh my God, do you see what Kim Kardashian was uh -huh. wearing? No, I didn't. Back, and true. you know, and so like at any second, this meteor the size of whatever can just hit us and then it won't even matter anyway. It's you true. know what I mean? And it's, it's just like, that's so, one of the things that I was looking into um, when everything, like now that things are like starting to, you can do more in-person stuff is um, like survival courses. Because yeah. I think that at the end of the day, like people are so scared because they're like, what would I do? Like they're so accustomed to a way of life that they're like, if I lost the Kardashians, what would I do? Like, I don't know what I would do. To me, when Rona hit, I was just like, like what happens if things get really bad? Could I go, like, I'm not going to lie, I bought, like, I bought a tent, I bought a generator, I bought a bunch of different stuff just in case I was like, I'm going to have to just drive somewhere mm -hmm. and be, like, in a better way. Because right. um, you're in a city and when shit gets yes, crazy, exactly, you have millions of people. Like That I was my concern. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, you know, Ooh. me and my friend have talked about that before, too, where, you know, there's only 75,000 people in Flagstaff, but there's millions of people in Phoenix. And they'll mm -hmm. all come here. They're coming. And we're just like, ooh, got to get the hell out. Exactly. And yeah, it's the same thing. Like I could probably start a fire. I'm a pretty resilient <laughs> human, but I've never hunted in my life. Exactly. I'm like, oh my God. I don't know what the fuck to do. You here. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm just a creature of that comfort. And that's mm -hmm. really interesting that you were just like, oh, what's the planning for like the worst case scenario? Yeah, I was like, here, we got to figure this out. Like, you know, part of it, I love I love like post-apocalyptic movies. I love zombie stuff. And I'm just like a lot. And those, honestly, if it was zombie, I'd be like, take me. I don't want to survive a zombie apocalypse. That just <laughs> right. sounds fucking terrible. I don't do that. But right. you know, for other things, I'm just like, what do I have? What's the safety? How much control do I have? And at the end of the day, if it comes down to like, I can't be in this shelter and have like my gas stove, I'm like, am I going to die? Okay. I should probably <laughs> figure something out because it's not, we ha we do have so much accessibility to things and like we have the ability to like learn these things and there's no real there's no real excuse except for like i just didn't want to do it right like i i have you know like i could go and look it up like yeah maybe you can't go and go on a, on a on a trail thing with people but you could still like prepare yourself to some extent right now and be reading things and learning things and then you know prepare yourself once once things are open and you can like be with other people but that was a need that's where my head always goes is like what's the worst case scenario am i prepared for it okay yeah. no i'm not well then i better fucking figure it out and not the day before my match that's not the right time to do it <laughs> right and so <laughs> it's funny because then you're like thinking about well if the electricity goes out could i make it for sure mm -hmm. i could probably do that you mm -hmm. know what i mean but if a meteor is going to hit and then do I really want to survive a nuclear That's, winter? Dude, exactly. I'm like, because that meteor better hit me right in the face because like, I'm not into it. Or, I'm right there with you. Or if I like Yellowstone blows up, I'm driving straight I'm there. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. <laughs>
<laughs> because there's just things because I've had such a life of comfort for so long that I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with the nuclear fallout yeah. of a whole entire state exploding. Uh-huh. I, just, I am listen, not I get interested. It. I totally, I'm like certain things. I'm like, I don't want to survive that. If it's a matter of like, there's just riots. I got to get out for a little bit. I'm cool with that. But right. if it's something bad, some, if, I'm not trying to like be in Terminator. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> do that. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Over it immediately. And so, you know, when the when all the riots were happening and Antifa was saying all this stupid shit, like we're going to go into the suburbs, I was like, mm, okay, I don't have a gun, but uh -huh. I do have a martial arts background and I did watch the movie 300. So here's what's <laughs> going to happen if you assholes come to my house. I'm going to board up all my windows and my front door is going to be like the hot gate and I'm going to protect it? my family to death. And I'm just, I have so many knives. Like, you you guys, These are things you think about. So, if you trigger that, that like the, you know, cause just having that martial arts background, like you, you have to learn violence. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. an interesting kind of thing that I just came out, like just popped into my head. Like you, you have to learn violence. We are no yeah. longer violent people. You know what I mean? Yeah. We no longer have to. Absolutely. Like the Vikings or, you know, like Absolutely. the native Americans or whoever, we don't have to do that anymore. And so, you know, the reason why I started martial arts was because I was bullied a lot growing up and I was afraid mm -hmm. of conflict and I was mm -hmm. fat and overweight and depressed because I just got divorced. And so I was like, well, the obvious best thing for me to do is learn how to fight people. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? No, probably start running. but, <laughs> but you know, so now that, and so when people are, are saying these things, like we have to ban guns or whatever it is, like they don't understand violence Yeah. because when I was teaching, self-defense yeah. classes i was basically teaching awareness like you mm -hmm. have to be aware like mm -hmm. you can't be walking down the street with your face in your phone yeah because if you're yes if yes. you like turn and look directly in somebody's eyeballs the likelihood that they're going to attack you is very low mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so um you know andy stumpf did this podcast with uh, that black woman who was doing a protest and it's this very powerful picture where it's this older white guy oh, just yes, like yelling yes. at him. And so powerful. Yeah. And so she, um, it was really interesting listening to her side of the story because the second she took off her sunglasses and looked directly into that guy's eyes, he immediately picked a different target. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so somebody just, yeah. that picture was just a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's like that's how that works she humanized I mean, herself it's very right. like when you you look in someone's eyes suddenly you're a human and, that's, and everything changes whereas right. it's like they're not looking you're not looking they, you're not a human you're a target very different right that's and powerful. so that's like so all of these shootings happen in gun-free zones because they're mm -hmm. easy targets yeah so if you just choose to not be an easy target then yeah. you're not an easy target and that's what so that's what like criminals want right? Mm -hmm. They want that car that's unlocked. They want mm -hmm. that. And so you just need to be, so basically it all comes down to like education, right? Yeah. You just need to educate yourself. That's it. Like, I like that you said educate yourself. I think I hear too often used like they need to be educated. And it's like, does everyone like absolves themselves of responsibility? And like, it's like, no, take responsibility for yourself. You need to educate yourself. I, I love that you said that. Like, right. Well, yes. And so when you had Jennifer Hutton on your podcast, that's when I finally understand what white privilege means. Because mm -hmm. for a while, that was like a, I almost got offended by that. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was just like, no. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm finally starting to understand. And so, you know, comparing that to like my practice, when I started to understand, like, like when I took rock blades the first time and you guys said, we're working with the nervous system, not the muscles. Mm-hmm. coming from a massage education i was like mm. what the fuck are you talking yeah, about yeah 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 and so i had like i remember i drove all yeah. the way down to tucson which is like a four-hour drive and i listened to yeah i and i was driving back from tucson being like what does that mean uh-huh. and it was like restructuring my brain around all of this incorrect information that i've learned over the course of my education up until that point and so yeah. like what like just understanding the privilege that was like a whole new thing for me yeah yeah and you know like the time that i think you know one of the things that i'd love to see and i love that you bring up that analogy because it's it's seemingly very benign learning new things takes time yeah and everyone needs to give themselves and each other a bit more grace I think we need to do a better job of understanding where the other person's coming from, whether it's, okay, well, why is that person so angry and upset? I need to try and understand that. Or why is that person so resistant to change? I need to also try and understand that. Like it's, we can't, we need to, things take time, especially when it's like, you've been in this for so long. You didn't even know that there was another way. So we have to give those people time time right. and grace to be able to learn and become aware. Um, I've just done a few podcast episodes about this and people have just been saying incredible things. Uh, I brought in this person, Nick Strack, and they said, you know, the Maya Angelou quote of when you know better, you do better. It's, it's a good start, but it's missing some steps in between there because it's not just as simple as like, once you're aware of something, now you do it all the time and you do it reflexively. That would be like, you just took that course and we tell you about the fact that you're treating the nervous system. And now every time you go and treat, every time you think about it, you now thinking about the nervous system. Like that doesn't happen. There's many steps in between there and you were doing it in the car where you're like, let me think about, let me try and unpack this. Let me realize, was everything I learned wrong? Like, or is it like, okay, well maybe it's just a different lens for how I've learned everything. I I don't have to unlearn everything. Am I a bad person because of this? Like there's a lot of steps in between there. And I think that if we want to move forward as a, as a people, we got to give each other time and grace and realize that like we've been in stuff and doing stuff and thinking stuff for so long. We need a little bit of time and assistance and grace and moving forward. Right. So I, you know, I keep comparing it to violence because like I said, I have a background in it and I know violence, mm-hmm. but like racism and, you know, even this coronavirus is very similar to violence where if people just think it doesn't exist because it doesn't happen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's not true, you know? So Absolutely. I remember, you know, everybody, like February, everybody kept asking me, what do you think about this coronavirus? And my wife is a CVICU nurse. And I was just like, when she gets worried, I'll get worried. Yeah. And yeah. like the day she, she called me one day at lunch and was like, don't go outside. Don't breathe. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to anyone. Don't go anywhere. And I'm like, like okay, it. so it's a thing. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And you know, so like, I keep going back to the violence thing because, you know, once you understand it, then you're just like, why are people violent? Because they don't understand mm-hmm. or because they're scared mm-hmm. or because they're insecure mm-hmm. or because, you know, it's, it's like mainly those like three reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so when I got bullied all like growing up, it was because those people were insecure. Yeah. 
And so then they had to create the illusion of control. Yep. And so that's how they did that was being, well, I'm the biggest and the baddest. Right? Yep. And so, you know, when you see police officers doing these, these things, they're scared. Yeah. Most of the time, like George mm-hmm. Floyd was a big dude. You know what I mean? And well, how do I control this guy? And so you're uneducated because you controlled him with his neck instead of his hips. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I saw a video the other day where a police officer was like manhandling this like really skinny 14 year old, like black girl. Like if you mm-hmm. can't handle yeah. a 14 year old girl as a yeah. grown ass man, mm-hmm. then there's some holes in your understanding yeah. and in your game and what your job is. Yes. Like how exactly. much of a threat is exactly. she really exactly. to you? And so, you know, it's, it's, it just, and then it just spirals down from there. So then, you know, this whole time I was trying to look and, and get people to understand both sides. Like I understand mm-hmm. where all these protesters are coming from, but then I also understand like the violence aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so when cops are retaliating, when they have hundreds of angry people marching towards them, what would your plan be? Boom. You know what I mean? Like Totally. I think the, the issue is that, you know, I'm going back to what we talked about before, like, it's their job to do better. Right. You know, like, it's like, we can't expect, because, and like, I love that you're laying these things out. Like, an average human with no training is going to default to these things because they don't know any better. And this right. is why we need, like, I have full confidence in saying if something scary, like physical happened and both you and I were there, you would handle it probably much better. You yeah. have training in it. I would run away. I, right. I 100% just run away. Which, and to be honest, like marsh, like running is one of the greatest martial arts you can have, right? I, I'd run away. But if, yeah. if things got physical, I think that you would be far better equipped to handle this issue and diffuse. I mean, yes, purely from size as well, but like your training in it right. and you being in it and having been exposed to these things and learning these things would, would allow for that. And I think that's where we need to be equipping. If we want people to be able to do this job, like, we gotta fucking prepare them to do the job like right as simple as that <laughs> right <laughs> like weird right which is, is like what we're doing like, like that's like your whole job <laughs> this is like that's, that's preparing it. people to do their job so like going back to like the massage therapy thing like one of the things that i learned from those rock tape courses and from all the other myriad of different courses is when somebody comes into me in pain why are they under threat and mm-hmm. yes, what are they not doing that they should be doing? That's it. That's it. And so, you know, like one of my really good friends is a police officer, has been for 30 years. He's uh, on the SWAT team, so he's required to have more training. Mm-hmm. But multiple times he would come up to me at the gym and just be like, hey, this is what happened to me last night. How could I have done this better? Mm. And one of the scenarios was he made entrance into a house and the, the, guy was immediately combative and they somehow got into the bathroom and they fell into the bathtub. So now they're fighting in a confined space. Yeah. And so he's like, how could I have done this better? And I'm like, a number one is gun retention. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you have to start thinking, what is this other person doing? They want to get control of this situation. So they're going to try and get your gun because that's the quickest way to do it. So you need, retain your gun get the fuck out of a bathtub get out of the bathroom and get into an open open space where you have more options right 
And so that's what makes us, you know, it, 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 everything intertwines. That's what makes Mm -hmm. us better practitioners is having more options, right? That's it. it. So that's what, you know, like, and the, the, the speed with which, and a lot of that comes with time. And some of that is just, I think, inherent. Some people are better at things than others, but like the speed with which you can think about that stuff where, you know, I think a really, really good, really seasoned clinician, really just inherently better clinician can think about those things. Like they pick up on all these other things of like, what, why does this person feel under threat? What, what body language, what signals are they giving off? Maybe they smell a certain way. Like all these things that a, a better clinician will pick up and do right. it very quickly, which is, you know, the, the scary part is if we're looking at law enforcement and things like that, then like the, the issues and like the potential outcomes are like way heavier of right. like someone might die, but it's the right. same thing. I love that you're, you're likening the two of like, how quickly can you make these decisions? How quickly can you, can you gain, gather this information right. and then, and then act? Right. And so like, and I'm just going to preface this by saying, I understand where everybody's coming from, but like, you also have to understand that nobody calls the cops. Like, you're not going to be like, man, I'm having just a great barbecue. I'm going to call the cops. Mm-hmm. Come on over. Yeah. You know, like nobody ever calls the cops for something awesome ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ever. And so it's like, and like the, so there's just like two sides to every coin and for sure. there's always a gray area. And that's like one thing that we were talking about earlier where everything, people are trying to make everything so black or white. They want Republican to, it's easier. Democrat. It's, not it's easy though, when, well, exactly. Obviously. It's so much easier. And they're like, okay, if it's this, this, then it's right or wrong. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> given the situation, you know what I mean? Because there's been, you know, cause like one of the reasons why I did that, that, uh, that webinar for massage therapists and telehealth was because there's patterns of dysfunction that come in where mm-hmm. you can just be like, Oh, this is what I normally see with back pain. Yep. But that doesn't mean that's always going to be the thing. Yep. Sometimes you're just like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. Why isn't this person feeling better? And, and just taking a step back and starting over. Is and it, I think a lot of people are afraid of that too. So is, yes, it's just starting over. It means <laughs> that they were wrong. People view it like, Oh, I was wrong. I was a failure. And it's like, no, like this is, this is life because it's not, black and white. It's, it's, it's a gradation. And I think it's because there is a scale for everything that this, this gradation, if you will, that is also why it's so important. The things like that you've created are out there because we still, we do need a starting point. When right. you have a million options, you do need to start somewhere. And it's nice if you've had someone that's gone through similar things being like, Hey, this is where I started. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the hundred percent right way. And that you don't have to think after that. It's just like when you go to like, you know, when you take it back to your climbing a mountain, when you go to some of the, you know, do a trail. It's really nice if someone tells you where the trailhead is. Could right. you do it any other way? Yes. But yeah. it's just nice when they're like, hey, this is where I started. It's like down the street from the that parking lot. And like, you're like, okay, cool. Like, there's no difference. Yeah. And when I was climbing that thing, somebody on the way back down was like, hey, there's two false summits. Oh. Like, okay. Got it. Good to know. Cause that and shit s- break you. Oh, man. And it still did. <laughs> it's still i got to the first false summit and i was like son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's like, but then you know like i just i so the my roommate that i climbed this mountain with i told her about you know that workout filthy 50 mm-hmm. so there was one time where i crushed that workout in like 23 minutes and like, yeah yeah and but and i you get to the burpees and every <laughs> single burpee i was 
cussing and spitting and hating and yelling and screaming. And my coach was just sitting there looking at me being like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I am fucking doing burpees. And I just kept going, you know, and I, then you get to the double unders, you just blow them out and you're done. Mm-hmm. But like, that's what I did with the mountain. I just was like, this sucks. I hate it. Everything is terrible. I'm so hungry. The sun is hot. I don't know what to do. And, but I just kept going. And that's like, that's just lessons like, for everything though, man. Like, like yeah. you want exactly, you want to, you want to succeed. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going and don't like, stop. I just go. keep going. You don't have to sprint. Like, yeah, that, that 10 year overnight success. That's it, man. Jesse, I got to run. I got another yeah, call coming at 1030. I want to uh, just prep for it a little bit, but yeah, perfect. Uh, tell this has been awesome. I love and, uh, where you're going and because. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've taken a hard pivot with, you know, my online presence and really taking it into the digital business space. I love movement, but I've been talking about movement for five years and I tried, you know, speaking to what we talked about before, I tried pivoting a little bit before, which maybe a year ago, two years ago, and it didn't really work. And I was like, all right, cool. People aren't ready for it. I can keep doing this thing. I can do my digital stuff and coach people like on, you know, basically behind the scenes and coach those who are willing to listen around the edges and realize that like I have can provide value in that. Um, and so I decided again recently, I'm like, nah, this is what I want to be doing. Movement's cool. I have you know, 3000 posts out there. If people want that. I have courses, um, but I really love the digital business side and helping people create their best life, whatever that looks like. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So I got a webinar coming up on Saturday. Uh, I have a course that I'm working on. I probably do it as like a workshop, not a course. Um, it's basically how to launch your digital side hustle. Um, you know, because pe- not everyone's like us, Jesse, like uh, for many people will just do the thing or I shouldn't say many. Some people will just do the thing. And I, I, that's also why I do what I do and offer certain things at such a low price or like, you know, free content on Instagram, because for those people that just need a little bit of a nudge, I'm happy to help them in that way. And then for those people that feel like they need a little bit more, they need like their handheld and stuff. Um, when I'm nothing against, then I offer different things for them. I offer coaching. I offer, um, you know, workshops and stuff the same way that you would do with personal training where it's like, Oh, you just need a few ideas. All right, cool. You need something a little bit more. Okay. Here's this thing. You know, you really need like one on one. Okay. Here's this thing. So that's my focus now is digital biz and helping the folks out. Yeah. And that's all stuff that I need still, because like you said, I need to know where the trailhead is. So I need to know what the fuck a click funnel is before I go and just dive in, you know, so <laughs> right on. And everybody can find all that information on your website. Yeah. Movementmaestro.com. Or if you prefer Instagram, the movement maestro. So it's the movement maestro.com is the website. Uh, Instagram is the movement maestro. Hit me up either way. Jesse, slide in the DMs and ask me the digital thing. I really like seeing what you're doing doing such good shit so that's awesome perfect thank you so much my friend i appreciate you so much you are so welcome thank you i appreciate you my dude absolutely and we'll talk again soon sounds good my man bye